really good to see all of you this morning and to worship with you. It's one of my favorite parts about all of you and church is worshiping with you. I love it. All right, so... We'll try this. Okay. Um, make sure I get to the right place. All right. So Ben has been taking us on this beautiful journey of talking about what love does, what love can do um, with us in between us and other people. And the main text of the um, sermon series uh, has been Ephesians 4, but most in particular 14 and 15, that talks about uh, that we will speak the truth in love and that it should be focused on the good news of Jesus. Who, has, who is Jesus? What has he done for us? And so he took us through love speaks and love listens, love cares, love guides, love encourages, love reconciles, and love restores. And today we're going to complete this, or we're going to maybe complete the series, <laughs> with love tells stories. So did all of you go, huh, when I said that, right? So um, what do I mean by that? So <laughs> storytelling to illustrate the good news of Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. Storytelling to illustrate the good news of Jesus. So let's look at this slide again. What does this make you think of? So when I look at this, it, it made me think of times where I have spent with people right maybe in the evening when it's dark out especially you know like today we've had the rain from hurricane ian coming through and it's made everything kind of closed in and it's night and the lights are low and maybe you're reading a book or maybe with people you're playing a game or maybe you're sitting around drinking hot tea or coffee and you're just talking with each other and often when we do that we turn into telling stories about ourselves about our lives about things that have happened and um, it's just also a time where it seems like sometimes time slows down a bit and it's just this little cozy cocoon. So, or uh, what about when you were little or maybe as parents taking your child to library to do the reading time? When I was looking through um, just the whole idea of storytelling online, I came across this image and it captured me immediately because there's this just what the kids are doing and her expressions. And then I found out that this is actually, um, hold on, where did I lose that? I apologize. Um, yeah, her name is Pura Belpre, and she was the first Puerto Rican librarian in New York City. And so one of her activities was reading to children. And I just love her face, and you can tell that she's so personally engaged. Um, so we all live in neighborhoods of people who are tired of waiting for the world to become good and beautiful and kind. We are responding to God's love that has come to us through the good news of Jesus, which is good and beautiful and kind. We can share an aspect of the good news of Jesus with people in our lives by storytelling. <laughs> it is loving to communicate through storytelling. People listen to stories. One of the main 
types of podcasts that are out there right now is different types of stories, whether they're fiction or nonfiction. There is a huge genre of podcasts and storytelling. Um, so this is an indicator of this. You know, God so loved the world that he gave. Jesus so loved people that he often communicated through storytelling. We can so love people that we can communicate through story, and we can so love people that we prepare to tell these stories. But do we need stories? <laughs> so I found a quote from Bobette Buster in his book, Do Story, and it says, stories are at heart, like a baton, handed over in a relay team, only they are passed from one generation to the next. They give each of us a visual template of what to expect, a map of the wilderness. But most of all, the best stories provide a sort of psychological preparation for life's inevitable struggles. In short, stories are preparation for courage. They illustrate how to run the race and win. We are not born with courage. We may possess bravado, even arrogance, youth normally does. But courage is a quiet, spiritual muscle discovered only when you face your greatest fear. Stories embolden, strengthen, and establish how we can come, become our very best. And guess what? This same idea is also found in scripture. <laughs> Psalm 78, 1 through 4. Oh, my people, listen to my instructions. Open your ears to what I am saying, for I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past. Stories we have heard and known, stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will not tell the next uh, We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about His power and His mighty wonders. And we can find parables or stories through the entire Bible. It's very fascinating if you really look into it that they are woven through. It's like stories within stories right from beginning to end so what is a parable a short moral story with a symbolic meaning that was often expressed with imagery and metaphor right so we often um, we refer to the stories in the bible as parables so they're a story with a purpose and throughout the Bible, we see lots of different kinds of parables. We see riddles and allegories, proverbs or wisdom, predictions. They're used to enhance the message or even to pronounce judgment. Well, okay, so Sunday school. <laughs> Who in the Bible used the most parables? Anybody? Jesus, <laughs> right. A third of his instructions to people were done through parables or stories. One third. That's a lot. That's a lot. So let me, let me check my time. Okay, so quickly we're going to go through some stuff because we're going to do some fun things today. Why did Jesus use parables? His disciples came and asked him, Why do you use parables when you talk to people? He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will, be get, will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That is why I use these parables. 
For they look, but they do not see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. So Jesus told stories or parables as a tool to help people understand what he was saying. So one of the, I'm not going to, for time's sake, um, read all of this, but we see that um, one of the, my favorite groups of parables is that here you see tax collectors and other sinners came to listen to Jesus. And they were, um, Jesus told them three parables, right? We see the one where man has a hundred sheep and he goes and gets the one. And then later we see the lady who, oh, and he'll call his friends when he finds the sheep and say, rejoice with me, we found it. And then a woman lost coins, lost a coin, and then she searches everywhere for it. And then when she finds it, same thing, she calls her friends and neighbors and say, rejoice with me. And then after this, it goes into the parable of the prodigal son, where the son leaves the house of his father and goes and does his own thing, and then he goes through terrible things and then comes back, and the father welcomes him. He rejoices. He throws a big party. And Jesus is going through these three things to talk about how God looks for us. He searches for us. He is constantly chasing after us. And that when we come into that personal relationship with him, that there's a party. <laughs> there's a party in heaven when we come to salvation. And Jesus uses those three parables, three different situations, three different kinds of people as a way to illustrate what he's saying and that hopefully someone will grasp onto one of those, right? Have an ability to understand one of those and understand what he's saying a little more. Um, so we need to look to Jesus, right? as our example of how we speak to others of the good news. We need to tell stories. So in following Jesus' example hasn't quite convinced you that we should tell stories, let's look at science. So scientists have actually researched with imaging and other things what listening to stories does to our brain. So I am um, going to summarize a bunch of articles down into a few different things and I wish I had more time this morning to go into what it is but it's pretty interesting that when it summed down all the facts this is what hearing story stories do to our brain it engages more of our brain meaning the entire part of our brain not just certain parts and they've done that with imaging it helps us understand what we're being told just like Jesus said it helps us pay attention because we get drawn into the drama or drawn into the emotions, so we pay more attention. And this is, the last two are super interesting. When we hear a story, we start to trust the person who is telling the story. And then in response to the trust and in response to the story, we're motivated to help people, especially through generosity. Isn't that fantastic? That's really, really amazing. So that's why storytelling is so powerful. So we've talked about why is it good for us to hear stories, but does it do any good for us to tell stories? For us to do what Jesus demonstrated, for us to follow him in this, does this do anything for us? It does. So here are three possibilities, there's more, that may occur when we tell a story. As you prepare a story, 
and you study the good news of Jesus, you yourself may learn something or discover something about Jesus that you didn't know before. Something may spark new in your relationship with Jesus. So that's a huge benefit for us. When you share the story, you may experience joy as you're recounting the memory of what Jesus did for you. It's going to bring a sense of joy. And you may be able to help someone else connect with the good news of Jesus in a way that they never have before or maybe for the first time ever. That's powerful. So all of us, everyone, can share an aspect of the good news of Jesus with people in their lives by storytelling. And when we do this, there are three motives or filters that we should use when we do this. The first filter, love. That was, that's God's perspective, right, on people, is love. And so we also need to have that. Our storytelling needs to be put through a filter of love. Our storytelling needs to be put through a filter of gratitude. Gratitude for, again, what, who God is and what he's done for us. And the third one is compassion. We need to have an attitude of compassion. People, when they hear your stories, are going to feel these things from you. And if you are, if you are only doing one or two of these, you're going to miss a piece that might keep them from understanding. And compassion, they are going to feel your compassion for them as you tell the story. And so they're going to want to listen. Well, what kind of stories can we tell? Testimony of your salvation. Ben talks about this light a lot. Before Jesus, I was. After Jesus, I am. Right? What is your testimony? Talk about our personal interactions with God. What has God said to you? What has God done for you? How has his presence affected you? We can share answers to prayer and personal, biblical, or historical accounts. All right. So now... I want you to just relax and cheer up pews, and we are going to have a little bit of fun. It's story time. <laughs> All right, so um, Ben and Chiquetta, if you can get ready, um, they're going to share, but I'm going to start with a story that I actually wrote several years back when I was praying for someone, and I was saying, God, how can I connect with them? And God gave me a story. So once upon a time, there was a toy maker. He was the most gifted and creative toy maker that ever existed. He put endless thought and care. Sorry. Into every toy he had created. And he had an endless bounty of supplies to make his, cre his creations. The toy maker would get, whew, I'm sorry. I had no idea I would do this. <laughs> the toy maker would sit in his workshop and smile with a smile on his face as he slowly What you're seeing is how I pray for you guys. Asking God to reveal himself to you in the way that you need to hear it.
The toy maker would sit in his workshop with a smile on his face as he slowly lovingly crafted the toys. Often he would begin to sing songs of love and hope over the toys as he carved and painted them. He loved each of his creations dearly and hoped that they would be well cared for and cherished by those they were given to. When each toy was finished, he took a tiny wooden heart, an exact replica of his, kissed it tenderly, and placed it in the toy. This was a mark of love and a sign that the toy was created by him. No matter what happened to the toy, even if the toy forgot its maker, the toy maker would never forget nor stop loving the toy. Sadly, the toy maker knew that the, wor the world he created for them was full of people who did not care for his creations and treated them carelessly. This did not stop the toy maker from creating the toys because he knew that many of them would bring such joy and hope to the world. He also promised his toys that if they ever needed him to repair their damage, they only needed to remember that he, who he was and speak his name and the toy maker would rush to their side and repair whatever damage had been done. One day the toy maker finished a beautiful doll. As he put the finishing touches on her long brown hair and lovely dress, he said to her, you may one day forget me, but I will never forget you. Every day I will do something to remind you that I love you. Don't forget to look for the reminders. Should you ever need me, call out to me and I will be there for you. He tenderly placed the doll in a brightly colored box, tucked tissue paper around her so she would not be damaged, closed the box and put her in the mail. Unfortunately, there also lived the evil delivery man. His heart was dark and twisted. He hated the toy maker because he wanted to be like him, but the evil delivery man was full of pride and hate. He spent his life trying to intercept the toys that the toy maker created to punish the toy maker. As the sun set and the darkness settled on the land, the evil delivery man brought the box with the beautiful doll. He clapped his hands gleefully as he <clears throat> picked up the box and hugged it to his chest. He giggled in evil, of, as evil thoughts of what he would do to damage the doll flickered in his mind. He ran quickly to the nearest city. It was beginning to sparkle as lights from buildings and homes turned on. He walked to the very middle of the city where there was a park that was constantly busy during the day but at night was deserted. He set the box on the grass and laughed heartily as he kicked the box as hard as he could. The box flew over the grass and bounced until it finally settled under some bushes. Inside, the doll lay in the box, now slightly damaged, her hair beginning to tangle and her dress twisted. The tissue paper was no longer tucked carefully around her. Where was she? What had happened? But she remembered the kindness and love of the toy maker and waited patiently as the night, the night wore on. It began to rain. The rain soaked through her box, softening the tissue paper so that it almost melted away and soaked the doll's beautiful dress. Time passed, cold, hot, wet, always dark. The doll lay abandoned in the box waiting. One day a homeless woman found the box. She picked it up and placed it in the shopping cart that she carried all her belongings in. For days the doll rode around in the cart, still in near total darkness, for the woman did not open the box. The doll could sometimes see the woman through the small hole in the box. She wondered why the woman didn't open it. How could she not know there was something wonderful inside? Her box carried the name of the toy maker on it. Did the woman not know the toy maker had put so much love into the doll to bring the world beauty and hope? One afternoon, the cart tipped over while the woman pushed it down a curb. The doll's box bounced from the cart and fell unnoticed into the gutter. A man on his way to work saw the box. He loved, 
He loved his city and he loved his neighborhood and would sometimes do things to keep it neat and tidy. This morning, he was late for work. He picked up the box. The doll's heart leapt in her chest as she thought, finally, someone will recognize me for what I truly am. But without looking inside the box, the man tossed it into a garbage can. As the day wore on, the doll began to cry. Why did no one love her? She was so sad that she could no longer remember the toy maker's face or the words that he had said to her. She forgot that she only needed to call to him and he would rescue her. Suddenly, the box flipped over and a, a scratching sound came from outside. A dark, wet nose sniffed through the hole in the box. A large brown dog had found the box. The dog scratched until he could grasp the doll's dress in his mouth. He shook the doll, pretending it was a rat, and, and carried it to a drain pipe nearby. He, he dropped the doll into the mud and ran off in search of other things. From where the doll lay, she could see people bustling about. They all looked so focused, so hurried. Sometimes they passed very close to where the doll lay, but they were too wrapped up in their thoughts and didn't see her. Mud and damp slowly soaked the doll. Her hair was matted and full of branches. She lay confused, totally abandoned. Not far from the doll was a small house. It was worn looking, but anyone passing could tell that those who lived inside greatly cared for their house. The yard had a small garden with a few remaining vegetables, and several birdhouses hang from the trees, and drawing of stick figure people hung in the windows. The sounds of laughter came from the house, and the doll began to cry with a desire to be loved, to be cherished, to be wanted. Why am I here, she thought. I am so broken, so ugly. No one would ever want me now. If only there was someone who could fix me. Suddenly a warm feeling came in her chest. From the edges of her memory, she could hear the tune and words of songs being sung to her. A face began to form. Like a picture in front of her, the toy maker. But as soon as she'd remembered him, she was filled with shame. He had put so much thought and love into her, but look at what she was now. Dirty, abandoned, unloved, useless. He could not love her anymore, not as she had become. The doll's heart began to break as darkness of the night crept around her, and she lay there wishing she had never been created. Suddenly, a light surrounded her. The light made her feel warm. It was like the sun. She looked up and saw his face, the face of the one who had created her, the face of the one who had sung songs of love over her. The toy maker had found her. My precious one, I'm so sorry. I'm here now. This was never my desire for you. Let me make it better. He picked up the doll and held her to his chest. The doll began to feel tingles through her body. A sense of perfect love and perfect peace crept through the coldness. He had not forgotten her. He still loved her. The toy maker took back her back to his workshop. He cleaned her, fixed her hair, and made her a new dress more beautiful than the last. While he worked, he sang to her. The doll began to feel the pain, sadness, and hurt fall away. And when the toy maker was finished, the doll's hair was brushed and he had dressed her in the new dress. He had washed her face and repainted the places that were worn. He looked fondly at her with eyes filled with love and kissed her forehead. I'm going to send you out again. Should you ever need me, call me. I love you. Don't ever forget. The toy maker once again tucked her into a box, placed tissue paper around her to keep her safe, and sent the box on its way.
The doll felt slightly fearful. What if she got lost again? What if no one ever saw her for what she was? What if she never managed to become what the toy maker had created her to be? But she quickly remembered the love in the toy maker's eyes and the promises he had given her when she suddenly felt surrounded by peace. The doll lay in her box, feeling its movements until it finally came to rest. The doll waited. Not much later, she could hear the excited sounds of a child and the twinkly lights of a Christmas tree flooded her box, and it was finally opened. Small hands lifted the doll out of her box, and the doll looked directly into the eyes of a laughing little girl who lifted her in the air as she twirled in circles. The doll was safe. She was new. She had found her purpose and a deep assurance that the toy maker would always love her. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Ben is going to come up and share a story as well. And presently the woman smiled and she said, thank you for your gift. 
has warmed my heart and even begun to melt. And look, when I open my mouth, your gift lights my way in the way of those around me. And this has been a lovely encounter. Thank you. And the bird nodded, but she still wanted more. And so she kept looking until she found a little girl in straw who was watching me. And she placed the burning coal on the tongue of the little girl in straw. The little girl received it with joy, but almost immediately she began crying. The ember sunk down through her body and fired to the coal. And she cried out, Little bird, my heart! My heart! And the bird smiled and began flapping her wings. And the flame fan fanned her eyes into flame, first a tongue of flame over her head, and then spreading flame across her whole body. And the girl began to cry and even to scream. She was convinced she was going to die, and the flames spread and spread, and as they engulfed her, in the moment she was sure she was dead, she found that she was alive in a way that she had never been before, in a way that made even what she had called life until now seemed to be just movement. And she smiled, and she began to laugh and laugh, and she thanked the bird, and she ran to play with the other children of straw, and soon they were all laying up on fire, and soon the fire began to spread, and the land was burning and burning with a living fire until the people in that land had no choice but to walk back and forth among the flames, no sooner how to thank the men. Oh, I'm sorry. Flames flame until the very rocks began to cry out and the trees looked like or came, came alive, lit up like everlasting lampstands, and the people had no choice but to walk back and forth among the flames, and those who understood how drank them in like a very river of life, and it seemed that from time to time. I walked among them and looked like a son of the gods. <laughs> Thank you. I am, he said. 
You can see me, huh? What about the college me, battling so much pain, physical, emotional, and mental, alone in a room full of people whose love, conditional? What should she call me? I am, he said. You can see me, huh? What about adult me, that day the damn my belt to coat and pull it, and I thought to end it all? She had finally ran out of just keep goings. She couldn't even bring herself to crawl. What should she call me? I am, too, he said. You can see me, huh? The woman brought in pain as she awoke. Before I could finish my next words, it was here that I am spoke. I am that I am, the one who never abandons the daughter crying in her bed. I am that I am, the one who replaces anger and resentment with joy and peace instead. I am that I am, the one who saw the battle and sent the army to fight. I am that I am, the one who saw the implosion and sent a guiding light. I am that I am, the one who was and is above. I am that I am who specifically chose you, my daughter, to love. What should I call you? Dad. So what did you all think of story time today? Wow. Yeah. So how many of you felt something? From the Holy Spirit, from God, how many maybe learned something? <clears throat> All right, so with today, what should we do? Well, we should reflect on today's verses, the parables of Jesus, from, you know, and that verses in Ephesians. We should pray and ask God for help in this area. We should think about the, what the good news of Jesus means to you. So again, you can craft it into something. Think about what Jesus means to you. We can write the truths of the good news down. And then we can create stories that communicate the truth of the good news of Jesus. And we can ask someone to help with improving that, right? Some of you are saying, I'm not creative, I can't do that. You are creative just in your own way, because you are uniquely created by a father who has endless creativity. And so how that comes out is different in each of us, but everyone sitting here today is creative. And one of the reasons why I was hoping Chiquetta had a spoken word to do was because it's different than what Ben and I did. And we've had art done in the church. We've had many different aspects of the creative father shown, and all of those are valid in storytelling. And we should ask God if there is an action step for you this week. What does God want you to do this week about it? Maybe he just wants you to think about him and see what he might direct you to do. And I want to end with one last quote. The universe is made of stories, not atoms. <laughs> I just thought that was so fun. So um, I just wanted to encourage you that you all have a story to tell. You all have a lot of stories to tell. And God 
uses, wants us to use Jesus as our pattern, and God wants to inspire you in how you should tell the stories, how you should present the gospel because of what God has done in you. And that's going to come across differently than what God come, looks like in me because I'm me and you're you, and we need you to do this. We need the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in you. We need your giftings to be activated in this because there is a world out there that needs our stories. And so I'm going to end in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you have provided good news for us, that we have salvation, that we have security in you, that we have a loving Father who cares for us. And Jesus, I thank you for what you lay out before us as a path and a pattern to follow, that you are a storyteller. And maybe it has something to do with the fact that you were part of creating us and you know how you created our brain. And so you knew how to reach out to us and how to get us to understand the great truths that you were trying to communicate. And so God, I pray for everyone here today. God, especially those who feel like this, I can't. I can't do this. I don't work that way. I'm not creative. God, I pray that you would start to reveal to them a way that you have placed inside of them from before they were born of how they can create stories to communicate of the good news of who you are, of your compassion, of your grace, of your mercy, of your creativity. God, I pray that you would pour out your creative thoughts into us and that you would help us craft stories. And then, Father, I pray that you would send people our way so that we can tell those stories to them and that it would be like fresh baked bread to them. The aroma of your presence, the delight of eating something that is homey and good and fills you up, that it would connect with people in beautiful ways. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. You are so greatly loved by your Father. Please reach out to someone and get help with this because it can do miracle things in people's lives. Have a beautiful, wonderful day and hope to see you really soon.